Welcome to another episode of The Running Elephant. We'll be talking to Nyaki about his vision for the future of Bupa over the course of this podcast series and answering some of your questions about the elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Bupa's Chief Sustainability and People Officer. I'm joined by Nyaki Arenyo, our Group CEO. Hello again, Nyaki. How are you? Hello, Professor Sullivan. Very happy not to see you because we are indifferent. I'm not, not on the same study. I'm currently in the Angel Court. I know you are in Bath. I am indeed. It's very close on the microphone. Um, today's episode of The Running Elephant is around the agile culture pillar of the elephant. And uh, we're going to just explore that together. I mean, some people say culture is one of the hardest things to achieve in, in a transformation. Why is that from your point of view, Nyaki? I agree. It's normally the hardest part of transformation. And I think it is because it means different things to different people. So you get, uh, you know, like uh, different descriptions depending on the number of people you ask. So, but I don't know, do you have a view on this? Uh, you, you also think the same, uh, Nigel, is the hardest part? Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of the part I spent many, many years trying to think about and change, etc. You know, one of the things, I don't know that much about anthropology, but I had a look at, you know, sort of anthropology and, and you know, cultural anthropology is around human shaping their uh, environment in, in non-genetic ways, you know, and, and that's through knowledge, belief, art, values, you know, laws, uh, customs, religions, habits, and that's built up over centuries, became civilization, you know, and, and, and sort of companies are a bit like that. They build up their own culture over time um, and, and, Mostly it's good, but sometimes I think it can become outdated. You know, a a human culture can become a bit outdated as well, and a company one can as well. And and therefore, it's quite hard to change because it was built up over many years in in many cases. So I think that's one of the reasons it's hard to change. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. But it's a relevant part of our three times six. So And, And probably, Inyaki, more important than ever. I mean, it seems to be the thing, you know, that often will differentiate a company from others. You know, how do you create something? Because the, the, the flip side of the difficult to change, if you get it right, it's hard to copy. Exactly. Because it will be your, it will be your culture. And that's a great point. When companies achieve the level of having their own culture, that's like another level. So I remember, look, when we, when we had the discussions about the six pillars, and as everybody knows, listening to the podcast, you know, there's an ambition statement for every one of them. And we had quite a discussion as a chief executive committee, first of all, about what the pillar would be called. And normally, you know, normally it's just called people or something like that. But I remember in Yaki, we, we had a really good, good conversation about it. And it's very deliberately called agile culture. It took us, it took us uh, quite a few, you know, quite quite a few days to get here. Yeah. And look, let me tell you how I see this, um, uh, Nigel. Okay. So, so, and then it would be great also to hear how do you see it? uh, What's your concept of agile culture? So for me, it's very relevant to understand where we are facing. And I see that in the future, um, we will be in Bupa, at least the same number of people. Hopefully we will have a bigger company. But in five years' time, I see we will have more people in the front end and less people in the back end. So we will have more digitalized processes and we will have more people connecting directly with customers. Okay, so so for me, the culture that we need to build will depend on the skills that we need to develop in order to get to that point in great shape. And for me, there are three elements here. So one element is we need to develop the muscle of listening to customers. This is because 
going forward, that is the muscle that will determine whether we can achieve our ambition of being the most customer-centric organization, healthcare organization in the world. So listening to customers and proposing action to improve the customer experience. Second thing will be data. So in the future, we will all work with data. And it's very relevant to say, as we said in the last podcast, data doesn't mean you need to be a data engineer. I'm not. I am very far from being a data engineer. So data includes basic data and includes complex data and includes simple usage of data and complex usage of data. But I think that each and every one of us, we need to develop the capacity and the skill to work more with data. And the third element that I think that will be crucial for the future is that we need to have transversal thoughts and diversity of thinking behind the decisions that we take. So for me, and all of that, the wrap up of all of this is working a bit more quickly, whether we call it agile working or not, is like for me, is like the main thing is being able to produce more quickly by listening to customers, developing that muscle, working with data, and also working transversely to have better decisions. But what about you, Nigel? How do you see this? How do you face this big thing called agile culture? Yeah. And look, to be honest, you are the champion of this. So <laughs> you, I guess you have you have a very solid, uh, very profound thinking. Well, I, no, I, I, I think, you know, I, I agree with what you've said. I think, uh, and, and what I'm loving about, you know, the start of this, if this journey that we're, we're on, uh, we started before. I mean, Agile has been going in for a while, but, um, but, but of course we need to honor that. Um, but, but, but there's more of it now. And, and I think it's got different forms. You know, we've got um, the emblematic projects being done in an agile way. We've got eco-disruptive, lots of stuff going on all across the business. So we're moving, you know. And, and so I, what I like about it is the practical elements. You know, you can see that practically things are happening because it can, culture stuff and agile and stuff like that can be a bit theoretical if you're not careful. And for me, like, I mean, we set an ambition state, an ambitious statement uh, for, for agile culture. And it's the, the best, most diverse people and a great place to work. You know, that's what we want. Great people, diversity and a really great place to work. And we get the best out of people. And I think, Anyaki, from, from one of the things we've developed, it originated in the people team. We, we took it to the CEC. Uh, and then we went to the board last month with, with some, um, some thoughts about what kind of priorities would be under agile culture. And... They really centre around, you know, we're just below it at the minute, but really to have top decile engagement, you know, really the best that it can be in, in compared to other companies. Empowered leadership, growing talent for tomorrow, um, improving our, our, our work experience for our colleagues, building key capabilities that we're going to need, like the things that you talked about around data, etc. And, and, and we actually call out cultural change as the sixth area. And some of the priorities in there that I've got with my team are around um, internal comms. Um, and this is this is part of <laughs> part of that. You know, uh, doing some different things that we used to do in the past, like these podcasts. But also, we have something coming for everybody called Work Vivo, um, and will enable every every one of our people to to connect with everybody else. And and that's coming. That starts later in the year, and we, we're 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 really excited about that. That includes those of you who don't have, you know, you might not have email addresses and you know, Teams accounts and Microsoft and all that stuff with work, but you'll be still connected uh, in the future to, to us all. And uh, we want to hear from everybody. And, and the other thing is for me is, is um, in there, sort of the inclusion thing. And we might want to talk about values in a minute as well, because it's in there too. But I use inclusion, Agile as, a, as, a, as an example, in the context of inclusion. So 
if we go from the ambition that you just mentioned in Yaki, so if our ambition is to be the most customer-centric healthcare company in the world, I believe, and you believe, to be the most customer-centric, we must be the most digital. To be the most digital, we must be the most agile. And to be the most agile, we must be inclusive. Because inclusive people have a sense of belonging. And when you have a sense of belonging, you can be yourself. And when you can be yourself, you do the best work that you two can do. You know, it's it's a, it's quite a simple ingredient for me. It's hard to achieve. I, I love the chain you're building. Yeah, totally. That, that's it for me. When you belong, you feel comfortable, and you do good work. You feel comfortable, you belong to something. And many people do belong to Boopa, but we, we, we have to do more, you know. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, that agile culture, I think, is a very, I find it um, less of a technical thing and more of an emotional thing for me. Uh, it's more how you feel uh, and and uh, we want people to feel part of it. And I think one of the themes across the whole of all these podcasts um, has been the sense of inclusion. And, that, and that's what we want. And and I think um, if I may, Nigel, to build a little bit more on this uh, of the inclusion piece is the main one. It has different implications, but being the main one that the journey in where the company is going, everybody, we all fit in, the, in here. So this is the thing that we have said quite a few times that this is like a train is on the station. You, you agree, you know, that what we are expecting from our people is absolutely doable. And then you jump on the train and then we, we all keep going, no? So this yeah. is the sense of, this is the main, let's say, interpretation of the, this inclusion element that you are saying, is that we all are invited to the party. Exactly, exactly. And what a party it will be. Um, the other thing I thought was worth mentioning, I mean, we, I know we did, it has been mentioned in one of the other podcasts, but I think it's worth going back to it again and because it's very recent and it was a big piece of work and a, and a, and a great piece of collaboration which is the values. And in the sort of big book of HR, you know, values are supposed to sort of reflect what you are. And, you know, that's what we talked about culture. You want to retain, always want to retain the great things. And then it might want to direct a little bit, reflect and direct, you know, maybe we want to change direction and have an emphasis in a slightly different place. And I think what we've, you know, we came up with and uh, uh, with the with the SDF, the Strategic Development Forum, really did that. So, just to remind everybody, there'll be much more communications about this going forward, but we've gone from seven, really, that we've got, we're moving to, to, to three, and the three are brave, make new possibilities happen, caring, act with empathy and respect, responsible, own your own decisions and actions. And I, I just want to get your reflections, Yaki, on those three um, values and how much you feel like our things that we want, we've retained and our core to our very culture in Bupa, but also things that maybe we want to maybe move a little bit outside our comfort zone and push yourselves a little bit as well. I am very happy that we came with these three values. Um, I think there's there's a big point also on making them easy to be um, remembered. So three is easy to is easier to remember than seven. I love that we start being brave, probably after a period in where the company has been building up a little bit of the, you know, like the foundations, the roots of the company. So we now have a much more solid and consistent company that we had, let's say, five years before. So we are now more ready than ever to take risks and manage risks. So for doing that, we need to be brave. So I love that we start with brave. I really love why we keep going with caring, because caring is what is, in my opinion, what really identifies Pupa as a very unique organization in the world. And that element has to remain because it's us and is about our industry no? and healthcare. No? And responsible, I also like responsible because 
for me, um, let's say, is is more landed, more clear, for example, than some others that we had in the past, like accountable. Responsible lot also has an implication to how, how clearly we believe that there is a link between the health of the planet and health of people. So responsible has many implications that I love. Um, I have always been, um, you know, in, in, in the school, in my family, um, you know, uh, I was, everybody in my family and, and in school, they remind me, you know, how important it is to be responsible in life. No? And we had quite a debate about this responsible, accountable thing, you know, because accountable isn't really a word that people in everyday language gets used you know even in english it's not sort of just it's not it's a bit more of a management word and i sort of i remember using the example like if if somebody emptied a trash can outside your front door you know and you went out you know and you walked out in the morning and you saw the trash every you don't say who's accountable for this you know it's like who's responsible for this you know you know i want to know exactly and and why is it not cleaned up so look the other the other thing we, we we talked about um um is in an agile environment, you know, being able to, and this is something I find difficult, you know, personally, I, 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 I'm a bit of a perfectionist, to be honest, and anybody that works with me knows I'm a bit of a pain in the ass in that regard. But um, it's giving yourself the freedom to try new things and, and fail, hopefully not fail, but to, if you do, to learn from it and, and move on. And, and you and I have talked about this sort of mano y mano kind of thing a, a couple of times, you know, around our own things that we've tried and, 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 have, and have failed on. I, I wondered if there's if there's some learnings that you've had over the years in Yaki, but you, people might look up and say, maybe not in my case, but certainly in your case, look at this really successful guy. You know, he's leading Bupa. He must he must never make a mistake. But I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> so exactly. Maybe... No, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. I, <laughs> I do mistakes every day. <laughs> yeah. Nigel, look, I'm totally with you. Um, you know, if uh, we, we need to try things, we fail, we learn. So this will be the process. You know, I went through the exercise of making a list of 10 failures. I need to recognize it took me like three minutes, to be honest. I, I would love to say it took me like two hours, so just the whole weekend, <laughs> but no, no, no. It took me like three minutes. And, and I have many. So, you know, for example, at the beginning, when I wasn't even the CEO of, of Sinitas, I remember I was very much, you know, we did this launching of this product called Sport. And I don't, th- I don't, I don't remember the number, but we, lo- but we sold very few policies, almost like none. When I, was, when I was appointed the CEO of Sanitas, I remember I did an interview and I thought I was hiding the best sales director you know, in my life. And I remember me going back to the divisional head, telling him, you know, I have hired the best man in the world. And look, that wasn't the case. So my learning was, you know, but I, you know, I went through this learnings thing and I recognized that at that point, I was hiding someone after just a conversation of two hours. And then I went back and then I realized that I also had, it wasn't the only case in where I was failing, hiding people. So since then, I have implemented a system in where I see people three times, two hours each at least. So I see people like for six, six hours in different places, you know, and then since then I have reduced my failure. But look, uh, but I also fail, fail uh, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, uh, another failure. So when I came to the, to the job, to my current job, I uh, I went to, to you guys at the chief executive committee with, guys, this is the new executive governance. Uh, it was including a piece called chief transformation committee that it hasn't worked. So the failure was we didn't work. The failure was the idea was not great. So what I did was cancel. And my learning was that probably I didn't listen to my colleagues, including you. So another learning. So, and we learn every day. So 
I don't know if you have gone through the exercise, Nigel. So you want to share any? I'm probably too scared to. be honest. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> to, it might be a big, big list, but uh, I, I, try, I mean, I do try. I try not to make mistakes. You know, I mean, and and but it happens. And apart from the hiring ones, which of my in my case, you know, uh, there have been some, uh, and people ones are often the hardest decisions to get right. As we know, interviewing and everything, it's not a science, you know, it's quite difficult. Every, loads of people have tried to make it a science and nobody's achieved it. So, um, but apart from that, there was another, I had another example when we were talking about it the other day. When I was interim CIO, I mean, the pressure on the information security side of things was was, was immense. I mean, it, we'd had the, the Camden incident and then there was a huge focus on it and it was up with the board and I, I, had, to, I had to go to the I had to go to the risk committee every single month, you know, the the group, you know. Yeah, not, I remember that, yeah, yeah. The board risk committee, you know, you know, and not just, yeah, you know, yeah. not the Burke. I had to go to the Burke as well, but the whole, the, you know, every month. And uh, I was scared, to be honest with you, Inyaki. And, and yeah. I think I relied too much on external consultants and not enough on what I believed would have been right and my heart and, and probably spent more money on, on, on the remediation than, than, than was necessary, you know, because of that reliance on, on consultants and, and, I learned a big lesson from that, and I learned a big lesson about most of the answers you have in your hand, most of the time, and that was my learning. Yeah. And 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 not to, I called it like outsourcing the thinking. You know, uh, uh, you can outsource expertise sometimes, and you need to do that. And partnerships are important, particularly in an agile world. However, just outsourcing the thinking was was the wrong thing to do. So um, I, I learned a lot. I learned a big lesson from that. That's one. A, that's a good one. That's a good one. So look, great agile culture, super important values, change, learning from your mistakes, all great stuff. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, everybody. And Yaki, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us again. Professor, it's a great pleasure and I thank you to you. Thank you, Yaki. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. As always, if you want to get in touch, if you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at runningelephant at See you next time.